on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Mm-hmm. Um, inviting in intimacy, vulnerability, and connection of creating a secure foundation within the self, knowing that I can still be with another person and still, and it's a practice, trust me. I can be with another person and still know that regardless of what that person's behavior is, that I can still choose peace. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. A Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune in to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another bonus episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. This is a fun day because it's in the middle of the day, so we are all the time. But today's topic is about relationships and how how we want to get out of them. We know we're not happy. We feel lost. We don't know the answers. So in turn, we just stay in the relationship. So before I get into that, let's play this intro. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog. Hello and welcome back to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I am very excited for this conversation that needs to be had. But before we get into that, please like, comment, share this video so we can get these algorithms up. 
also on the audio podcast. I know you're out there listening. So why don't you uh, please give your girl a five-star review. I'd greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening on the replay, make sure and type replay when you're coming chat. Let me know what city and state you are tuning in from. I'm very excited about this. All right. I think we're about to get into it. So let's get our shift together. We have a show favorite, my favorite to be exact. I absolutely adore this woman. You all, she comes with fire. So if you don't have on your, wait, she comes with bombs. So if you don't have your vest on, get your vest right now, put it on. And also, if you want to keep your relationship, don't watch this. We've already talked about this before because we're giving you tips and tools. So it's almost as if you can't put the toothpaste back into the tube. You've heard it. And I've learned this from her. Once you know what's going on, you move from victimhood into becoming a martyr. I just learned that Tuesday. We'll get into that as well. I am going to bring my beautiful, lovely guest out of the waiting room. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Thank How you for you? having me. Thank you for saying yes. I love it. How was your day today? You know what? Thank you for asking because, um, you know, listen, <laughs> the fact that we have a cape, sometimes we have to consciously throw that thing on and do what we have to do, make things happen from a place of being conscious, being present, and getting shit done. So my day was busy, but you know, it's just another day in being a superwoman. <laughs> in, recovery, in recovery. In recovery. <laughs> yes, we're all in recovery. So let's get right into it. Um, let everybody know this is Sarita Yvonne. She's been on the show multiple times, multiple times. So she has a challenge that's going on, but you need to stay and watch to the end when we talk about the love you challenge. So you think you're going to get just, you are going to get tools, but trust me, this is literally the skin of the apple. If you want to get to the core of everything, we'll talk about the love you challenge that she has going on, but that will be at the end of this stream. So right now, um, Sarita, can you introduce yourself to our guests? I love to. I am Sarita Yvonne. I am an educated and validated relational trauma expert and unapologetic half hood and half holy trauma coach and a phenomenal licensed psychotherapist and I help women heal from toxic relationships. So let's get into it. Let's get, let's get our shift together. <laughs> I'd like to start with this caveat. I want to everyone listening to look at this as a healing circle. This is an open safe space. We're not going to throw blame. We are going to be compassionate and empathetic with each other because that's how we learn. And then that's how it's a safer space for us to be vulnerable and transparent about these toxic ass relationships that we stay in. <laughs> I know she's about the bus. All right. How would you define a toxic relationship, Sarita? <laughs> I think that's a very good question. I think... Because um, some of us don't think we're in one. I've been there. 
Well, and me too. I think that people, (laughs) relationships may not necessarily be toxic, but people bring their flavor, their toxicity, Mm -hmm. their childhood experiences, their drama into the relationship in the form of relationship patterns, in the form of attachment styles, in the form of this is how I deal with conflict and when things get complicated. So, you know, the truth is, <laughs> and I want to be gentle and I want to honor everyone because see, some people are in relationships that they know are toxic. And it's not that they don't know how to leave. It's that they don't want to leave, I think. <laughs> and correct you me if I'm so. wrong. Yes. And the thing is, and I say, I think so, because let's just get into what this whole thing is about. I think that there are some people who don't know how to leave, but not knowing how to leave. Uh -uh, (laughs) I have to, because first of all, let's do this. We have to acknowledge that there are people in situations who um, actually are powerless, meaning financially, meaning there may be some abuse. Uh, Abuse is abuse and toxicity is toxicity. So if someone is basically, their life is being threatened. Now that person may not know how to leave based on safety reasons. And so that person has Mm -hmm. to get resources, a plan, tools, support, education on how to leave that situation. Mm -hmm. Now for the rest of us who have agency and free will and choice and jobs and money and maybe even a savings account or two, you know what I'm saying? We have a car. And so um, we might tell ourselves that we don't know how to leave. But really, you know, listen, I'm a therapist and I I am all about going to to the root. So if someone doesn't know how to leave, it's like, hmm. I have to question, what is it that you don't know how to do? Oh, maybe I don't know how to be alone. Maybe I don't know how to confront the toxicity in my relationship. Maybe I don't know how to deal with conflict. Maybe um, I'm afraid of the person's reaction. Maybe I'm afraid of starting over. So I think we have to ask ourselves honest and authentic questions about what is underneath that I don't know how to leave because usually it's something barring again abuse usually it's something within the person that maybe they don't know how to address Mm. can we go back a little bit can you explain the difference between toxicity or someone a toxic relationship versus an abuse well, I can't say that on YouTube. Oh, you can't say, okay. So yeah, the okay, a word. where there may be hitting or violence. Can you say that? Yes. Okay. So in a toxic relationship, they usually there will be unhealthy relationship dynamics. So there may be um, emotional immaturity. So basically invalidation, disrespect, cheating, lying, um, a lack of boundaries in a toxic relationship. There may be no real intimacy or communication. Uh, one or both parties or everybody in the, in the relationship is not getting their needs met. Mm. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. 
Why do you think it's so hard to ask for what we want, like truly want in a relationship? Not the, and I want people to know, I'm not talking about the physical, because it's so funny when we can ask how we want, when we want to have sex, but we, I think sometimes those lines are blurred with intimacy, but how do we ask for things that we want emotionally? Why do you think it's so hard? Okay. So. Okay, so let me say this for any of you who may be tuning in right now. Um, I don't want you to think about this conversation just in terms of I'm in a relationship and I don't know how to leave. Because even if you're not in a relationship, this conversation can benefit you. Um, because I, I think this the larger conversation we're having about conversation is not just how to end one, but it could be about how to be in one, how to sustain one, how to know when uh, one should be ended. And so when mm. it comes to asking for what one needs, let's be honest, a lot of us as women, we are taught that we are good if we don't have needs. We're taught that we are good if we are people pleasing, if we go <laughs> along to get along. And the reality of it is many of us who are super women, who you know, are really good at getting shit done and making things happen and saving and helping and rescuing. In order to do all of that, you have to suppress your own needs. Right. A lot of us don't communicate our needs and our feelings and emotions because we aren't even consciously aware that we have them. We suppress them ourselves. And we do that in order to just get by. We do that in order to avoid conflict. We do that so that people will stay with us. We'll do it to earn more love. We'll it's, sacrifice ourselves in order to be loved. It sounds like manipulation-ish. So- Not with malicious I mean, intent, but it's, It is manip manipulation in the form of hidden motives. That's why these relationship dynamics are toxic. Because I have a hidden mo motive that may be unconscious that I'm afraid to be left. I'm afraid someone will leave me. I have abandonment wounds. I have issues with rejection. So the unconscious motive is because I got some issues that I ain't resolved that I'm afraid of someone leaving me or I'm afraid to be alone. I will unconsciously unintentionally sacrifice myself, my needs, my voice, my wants in order to be in a relationship. <sighs> That's a lot. That is a lot. Let me answer this question right here. Shantae. Oh, I think I know who that is. She said, she asked, is this Brittany Chambers with you, Sarita? Wow, I'm surrounded by positive women. Shantae, no, this is Ursula B with Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. <laughs> and you are still surrounded by positive women. Yes, so, you yes. are. Wow. Yes, you are. <laughs> we might have to look up Brittany Chambers because she might be awesome as us. Yes. <laughs> like, this right here is amazing. So, yes. <laughs> hey, Shantae. So, you said it is manipulation. Well, I said a form of manipulation because it's not conscious. A lot, that lesson, we had toxic relationships 
because we're not conscious of the things that we do. We're not conscious of our patterns. We're not conscious of how we go about getting our needs met when we're when we're not directly communicating our needs or when we're not directly aware of what our needs are. That's mm. what toxicity is, is we're unconsciously. It's like a, an unconscious form of relating that really is manipulation wow. because I'm not being direct. I like what you said about not being direct because I feel that it comes out as passive aggressiveness or just some straight up aggressiveness. Um, and I feel that sometimes if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, but I feel like we do. Don't you think we do know though? Cause we have this gut feeling. What do you mean? Well, so I'll use myself as an example. I know when I've had some unsavory relationships that I was blind to what was going on and some things I knew I ignored, but when the relationship was over, I could literally give you an itemized list of (laughs) in detail of what they've done, what irritated me, what was clear red flags. We... (laughs) You know, this is something I talk about all the time, that we keep receipts. We keep receipts of all the red flags that we've ignored and denied. Mm-hmm. And so when something happens, we do have a knowing and intuition of feeling a thought about what is happening. But see, this is why I'm talking about trauma every day, all day long, because, mm-hmm. because of trauma. And this is why... If you haven't been to my challenge, you need to show up because we're going to talk about it later. Loveyouchallenge.com. Because a lot of us have been taught, we've been groomed, we've been rewarded for Mm. ignoring ourselves, ignoring our intuition, our experiences, whether it's your thoughts, your feelings, your perceptions have been invalidated consistently. And sometimes that happens in the form of good parenting. Parents who are have good intentions, but they're the way that they've parented the child is really about suppressing, ignoring, and invalidating the child because I'm the parent and I know best. Some of us have been traumatized because we had parents who were abusive or invalidating, or um, they had mental illness. All of that, all of those experiences are traumatic because it teaches the child to disengage from themselves, to disengage from their natural inclinations, their natural instincts, their natural point of view, and to constantly question their reality. So if Mm -hmm. I don't trust myself, I don't trust knowing what I know. I don't trust my feelings. I don't trust being alone. I don't trust myself and truly being able to handle things. Yes, I will actually in real life, you know, be able to be capable of handling things. But you know what? That whole thing of, I feel like an imposter. That's just another form of self-mistrust, I do believe, and insecurity that stems from not really trusting in who you are, Mm. what you think and how you feel. And it's learned because you can't tell a child that they don't feel what they feel or know what they know. You are born into this world in tune with yourself. 
No one has to tell a child, well, you know, you have feelings. It's okay to cry. Exactly. <laughs> no one has to do that. And so for us, it's because of our life experiences, we've learned that in order to survive, we had to suppress ourselves or sacrifice ourselves. Okay. Um, let's put a pin in that. We have a comment from Darlene. And she said, may I have permission to flip this script a bit? Sure. I'll continue. I have embraced my singleness so much that I have found myself happily married to an an entanglement with peace. I now have a fear of being in a relationship. What are the steps for breaking that particular barrier? Thank you, Darlene, for your comment. Yes, Darlene. I absolutely invite all of you to post your thoughts, your questions, your feedback, and to flip the script anytime because that's this is a conversation and you yeah. are a part of it. And so when you think about, you know, someone, any of us, uh, embracing singleness from a therapist's perspective, it would be like, okay, defenses are activated. And so the... <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's like, and there's nothing wrong with being single or choosing to be single or choosing to enjoy your peace and uh, not having to be responsible the way that we have to do in a relationship. And so when we've gotten comfortable, whenever we are ready, it's like there has to be a rebalancing, a recalibration with oneself. Mm. Um, inviting in intimacy, vulnerability, and connection of creating a secure foundation within the self, knowing that I can still be with another person and still, and it's a practice, trust me, I can be with another person and still know that regardless of what that person's behavior is, that I can still choose peace, that I can still be peace that I can deal with conflicts in a way that allow me to be heard and to address problems and know that I can do so while still holding on to peace. It is a practice. And I think we have to be ready to invite other people into our world and to be willing to explore theirs. So how do you get out of it? It's practice and willingness to connect with another human being knowing that it's not going to always be easy and it can't always be about you. And it definitely can't always be about the other person. There has to be a balance. Darlene, great, great question slash comment. That resonates with me. Um, We've had this conversation in the love you challenge when I was in the love seat. So this resonates. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you're doing your healing work and you're single because, you know, you've gotten to know yourself. You know, you've gotten to know what you want and you're discovering more about yourself. And it can be a little bit scary to get back out there, which is normal. And it's okay to get back out there and still be willing to date. Because the thing is, what may be different now is that you trust yourself mm-hmm. and you have to rely on knowing what you know from a place of security and not operate from a place of fear. 
<sighs> okay. I just had to take a nice deep breath. Darlene, if you have any other questions or anyone else, please drop them in the uh, comment section. And also let me know what state you all are tuning in from. So moving forward, can you name, uh, well, let me name some of the reasons I was reading up on what people, and you already touched on it, why people stay in relationships. And it was the hope, the fear, uh, maybe pity, but what really got Go ahead, what? No, go ahead, go ahead. But what really got me was comfort. I had to think about that. I The way I took it was comfort. Like, you, you know, you gravitate to what's familiar, even if it's not good. But you let me know. So I think some people do stay in relationships out of comfort, but... <sighs> So there's a lot I can say about comfort because when you think about, you know, well, you know, I'm just comfortable. I know this person. And in and of itself, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But if there is, if it's toxic, if it's painful, and yet it's comfortable, that is exactly what I would call trauma. And so if I have experienced childhood trauma of um, unpredictability, a lack of safety, betrayal, violations, whether they were um, violations of, you know, protection or emotions or just violating my perception, devaluing me in some way. If a parent is a narcissist or a covert narcissist, basically what that creates is an individual who has learned how to attach to people who hurt them people who will invalidate them, people who will make them work for love, people who are perfectionistic. And so if I've learned how to be in relationship with people who hurt me, then naturally I'm going to be attracted to people who are toxic because that is what is familiar to me and what is familiar is comfortable. Does that make sense? It does. (laughs) So now it makes sense when you talk about the shame that comes in relationships with that. So I would feel shameful. I have felt shameful. Let me keep it real. So when you talk about shame, that's a larger conversation. I think we could do a whole podcast or six on shame. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of us struggle with shame. That's just the reality of it. Okay. A lot of us are struggling with shame, toxic shame. Toxic shame is at the root of this feeling of unworthiness that so many of us struggle with. And a lot of us struggle with shame because it is a natural consequence of trauma. Because it is shameful to the soul. It's shameful to human beings to be treated as subhuman, to be devalued. It is shameful. It's a shameful experience to experience racism because the idea that as a person, I'm invalidated. I'm invisible. I, I like value. First of all, we know that it's a lie. Um, <laughs> as some people say from the pits of hell, but <laughs> that is the natural consequence of experiencing trauma is shame. Mm-hmm. And we know that from trauma research. And so, because 
for people, especially children, the symptom of trauma is that I must have done something wrong because you don't have the capacity to think through it to understand what's happening. And so most of the time we internalize our traumatic experiences feeling that something is wrong. And that's how we develop toxic shame, which is thinking or feeling or believing that we're defective. Mm. Yeah. Can we come on to talk about toxic shame in the near future? I'd love to. <laughs> Again, yes. if anyone has any questions you or comments you have for Sarita, please drop them in the chat. We do not mind. This is an open circle. What is your perspective? What are your thoughts on a builder man? Um, so you said, what are my thoughts on it? Well, yeah, because I like, feel sometimes, do yeah, like, why do we do that? I feel, oh, wait, we have another comment coming in. I feel that sometimes we, Lord, okay, let me t- tackle this. Darlene again. Yes. She said, thank you ladies so much for your feedback. I guess I just see so many issues within other people's relationships that I just choose me and nobody and the BS that they may carry is worth me jeopardizing the maintenance of my peace and well-being. I'm better than someone cheating on me, a me, whether it's emotional or physical, disrespecting me or playing with my emotions like they are playing the game of football. Red flags here, yellow flags there. Woo, child. I just can't fathom going through. Okay, so. Thank you, Darlene. That whole build a boo conversation. But Darlene, you are. (laughs) What I gather from that comment is that you have a lot of fear about what you don't want to experience. And the reality is, you know, in this beautiful life of ours, your beautiful life is yours. You cannot be looking at other people's lives and what they have chosen for themselves or what they have experiences or what traumas they are continuously reenacting and using that as your reason for not fully living your life. Now, if you just don't want to deal with nobody, that's your choice. But if you're if you're basing your choice looking at what other people's painful experiences are, then I think that you are absolutely limiting yourself. And I encourage you to question, are you really living according to your own values or the worst possible scenario? Because the reality is relationships can provide, healthy relationships can provide wonderful opportunities for connection, for um, emotional like validation, for attunement, for just having a great time and companionship. But the reality is we can never control another person. Just like if I have a kid, I can do my best with what I've been given, but I really don't know how they're going to turn out because, you know, they got to go to school and they got the culture and they got TV and internet and they are influenced by things and they can make their own choices because they have agency. Mm. Now, we have to be clear about what our power is in relationships always because you're in a relationship, 
your responsibility is not to control or to dictate to the other person who to be or how to be, but you can always set and reinforce your boundaries and what you will do if said things occur. Now, see, if, uh, for example, you talk about cheating and toxicity and red flags. And so the first thing is if a red flag show up, see it, call it, own it. Mm. deal with it number one because if you are if if any of us are committed to doing that then the play can't advance you know what i'm saying game over we got to call in a whole new team honey because this coach who's in session who's calling these plays is not having it you know what i'm saying referee on board yeah. and so hey these red flags ain't really happening a person is cool and you know you let them in to your world and you are secure in you, you're honest with you, you are ride or die for you, and you are interdependent with them. And let's say they violate the relationship, which can happen. Mm. Then if that happens, you must know your power. And your power is not to keep yourself from not grieving or feeling sad or you know, keeping yourself from having relationships. Your power is what do you do with that? How do you handle it? How do you take care of yourself? How do you decide to move forward or not with the relationship? How does the other person, um, are they willing to address the betrayal? Are they willing to be honest about whatever was in them that caused them to violate the relationship? Wow. Healthy relationships are complicated and healthy relationships require both parties to be fully invested, not perfect. Yes, we expect people to make a commitment and honor the commitment, but the reality is somebody's going to fall short in some way, sometime. What are we going to do? That's your power. So what I hear you say in Ursula's words, the way I have it, that with healing comes, wait, let me back that up. So say Darlene and I are out having some cocktails and we meet some men and we see the red flags. Now, this is before we've done our work. We would entertain it, turn into a relationship 10 years down the line as opposed to, okay, that's a red flag. And we probably would have only dated six or three months. Does that make sense? Okay, so before our healing journey, we probably were codependent superwoman with a little bit of perfectionist or maybe even a lot. And so before healing, what we do is I'm looking to be attached because I need to be needed because of my own heal wounds. So I don't feel worthy unless I'm giving and doing. You, you see where I'm going with this? And right. so because I need to be needed, I'm going to attract someone who benefits from my need to be needed because they have a need to be validated, which is someone with some narcissistic traits. And so we know someone with some narcissistic traits, or maybe even they got the same traits as me. They're looking for love because there is a void, or they believe based on their drama, that there is a void in them. So we're going to connect. We're going to connect hard and fast and quick, and we're going to call it chemistry because, see, we know each other's dance, which is based in wounds, which is based in need me and fear of abandonment. And oh my God, I just, you know, I need a seat for I need a person, which I'm going to call every other person, my person, which is what I did. Oh, I think I found my person. Like, 
it's number 12. Right? <laughs> like, this is the mass singer. Okay. I'm my person. And so, you know, when we got issues, we don't set boundaries and we don't set boundaries from the beginning. So we don't take the time to get to know people and let them really get to know us because I got all these wounds. I don't know how to be vulnerable, but I'm going to mask it with doing and helping and giving and putting on the perception that I'm going to be so great and loyal to you, but I'm never going to let you know who I am. Mm. That's what we're doing in toxic relationships. There's no real intimacy. It's faux intimacy. It's, it's more who, like oh, faux intimacy. Who made to do it? <laughs> who made to get down with the get down? Right. Yeah. And we do. When I didn't know any better, I would consider that intimacy. But now looking back, it definitely was not it whatsoever. Mm-mm. Well, you know, a lot. no one taught us this. A lot of us, we didn't see healthy relationships. A lot of us may have been raised by single parents or, you know, in toxic dynamics. So we don't, we don't really know what intimacy was. And if my parents didn't have emotional maturity and they didn't get to know me and talk to me and respect my opinions and my voice, how the hell would I learn that that's what's supposed to happen? Right. So, you know, a lot of us, I have to always affirm our innocence because we just don't know. And this is why we stay stuck or we continue to attract the same type of people. Yeah, that's interesting how you said, and I love that, how before doing the work that we are looking for relationships to be attached to. So it seemed like it's two people with voids trying to fill a void, but there's nothing to fill the void with. Well, I would say it's two people trying to fill a void, but the void doesn't really exist. The void exists within you based on your traumatic wounds. So when I say it's not really a void, it's not meant to invalidate us, but to say we are whole complete beings. But if Mm. something must have gone wrong in life, if we are not in tune or attached to that sense of being whole. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I have to use references of children because they are whole. You know what I'm saying? That you can't, they don't say, well, mommy, I don't feel like I'm good enough for six cookies before dinner. (laughs) I don't feel like I'm good enough for toys. They want everything when they want it. They don't question. They just want to know why you keep talking about you ain't got no money. Like what? I'm supposed to have. Mm. I, I don't understand even what you're saying. I can't, you can't get me because you don't have money. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Just go to the store and get it. <laughs> and so this idea of, of having a void, why well, it's not even an idea. It's an experience that is Ooh, I like that. a result of trauma. Because in order to survive the trauma, I had to disconnect from myself. So that void that so many, including me, suffered with is that the true love that I was longing for was me. Mm. It was my own soul. But I was looking for it in one or two penises. I can't lie. I was looking for it in other people. But it was me and it was in me all the time. Yeah, I have two questions, one statement and a question. 
if one, if you can explain to people what it means to be whole, I feel like people hear that term, but he, they, I think hearing it from a relational trauma coach, that would be the ultimate. And well, I'll let you answer that and then I'll go with my second. So I think if you ask, you know, 10 different people what wholeness is, they will give you 10 different answers. I can tell you my perception and definition. Yes. So me, in my life, I had this deep sense of shame and unworthiness that I tried to feel with, you know, labels and titles and education and jobs. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had this disconnect from my voice because I would say to myself, I want to find my voice. So there was an there was an essence within me that recognized something's not right. Mm-hmm. There's something's missing. Right. Like I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, but that doesn't feel normal because it's not normal. And so I think with wholeness is really self-connection. It's Mm -hmm. self-awareness. And I think it is unapologetic self-appreciation. When you are whole, you know that you are imperfect because you know that you are completely human. Hello, somebody. You are completely human, which means that you have all of the capacities of a human. You have the capacity to create miracles and to be creative, to love, to be courageous. You have oh, the capacity to connect. The eight Yes. Oh. You, have the, yeah, you see how I slid that up in there? You have the capacity for all of that, but you also have the capacity for jealousy and sadness and treachery and anger and volatility and rage. And how you choose to show up and how you choose to express yourself is a choice that you can make consciously. But being whole means recognizing that you are already complete and that in your completeness, you are completely holy right now. Mm. You don't have to earn it. Someone else doesn't have to anoint you. You don't have to be validated by some external thing or circumstance. Right. It's that you are everything right now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. This for the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Hit your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Or a doctor, red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown, you God's gift to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun-kissed goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melody
killing and popping Whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl Getting a shift together Black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together Man, these black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together, dog. 